Welcome back, everybody. This is Sprouting Joy. I'm your host, Alzi Robinson. Let's just hop right into it today. So honestly, I've been learning a lot through this week. It's been a week where I've been building a lot of routine. So recently, I decided to start walking. Um, I started walking because I wanted to start implementing uh, physical exercise into my routine because I can be a pretty lazy person. So it's kind of been hard for me to get into a routine that fits into my busy schedule to work out. So for me, going on 30 minute walks every day has been how I implement physical exercise, but it's also how I implement intentional time with Jesus. So that has been something that I've really been looking forward to every day. It kind of is my stress reliever. It is my getaway, my escape, other than my hobbies, you know, when I just need to step away from my day-to-day life. For example, like uh, today was a pretty long day at work. And yesterday I didn't have the chance to go walking because I had work. And then, you know, July 4th celebrations, which happy July 4th to any of those who had plans yesterday. I hope they were safe and fun and you got to see some really cool fireworks. But back to the point of the story. Um, I didn't get to walk yesterday and I was very overwhelmed by the day, very tired, woke up today, felt like I slept two minutes even though I literally slept seven and a half hours. So after I finished my homework, the first thing that I was looking forward to was my walk. And I think it's really good for us to have something in our day-to-day that isn't some like our hobbies because even our hobbies, we can get burned out of those if we do it too much. Something that is an escape but also allows us to be intentional and glorify Jesus in it, I think that is something that is going to help everybody out tremendously. Because I've also been drinking a lot of water. I mean, I have been on a health kick and it hasn't stopped and I'm starting to form healthy habits and I'm very happy about it. But anyways, moving on to today's episode, as you have noticed in the title, we're talking about faith in the dry season. I wouldn't necessarily say I've been in a dry season. I've been more in a season of lessons and learning from those lessons and learning how to hear from God again and just maturing my relationship with him. But in certain aspects, yeah, I feel like I've had some dry moments in this season, you know. It, it doesn't pass anybody up. Everybody has to deal with it. It's something very common, and I think it's something that we don't talk about enough. It's like those dry seasons. Like, it's I've said this before. I'll say it again. It's easy to praise God when everything is going the way you want it to, but it's difficult to praise God when nothing is going the way you want it to, when you're not getting a lot of hours at work or you just lost your job you're having car troubles you're having marriage troubles you're having relationship troubles or you're having single people troubles because let's be honest single people that is a thing you can have single people troubles you know seeing other couples walking out on the street wishing that was you yeah it's hard to be intentionally single i know some of you who are in relationships right now you know what i'm talking about you were there at one point don't think that you're gone from it no we have all been in it just because you're in a relationship now doesn't mean you haven't had single people problems so shout out to the single people we're making it through being intentional in this season uh but you know no matter what it is that you're dealing with a dry season could be anything it could it a dry season just puts a damper on your faith it just puts a damper on your faith because yeah you're like you got a good job you just got a promotion well sorry about that I accidentally shook the mic. Anyways, you get a good job, you got you got a promotion, you just got something new for your car, got your car detailed, you got a new phone, got a new phone case, 
got some a new watch, got yourself some AirPods, just whatever it is, you know, that things that feel like you're on the up and up in life. Like it's so easy to be like, yeah, God, you're so good. Thank you for everything that you've done for me. Soon as something starts to slip, soon as something starts to crack in that foundation, all of a sudden you're having trouble reading your Bible. You're having trouble praying. You're having trouble spending time with Jesus because internally you're blaming him for everything that's going wrong in your life and while that is not something that is intentional it's something that happens it's i would i don't want to say normal but because we live in such an evil world and we are born into a flesh and sinful nature we're bound to make mistakes we're bound to be imperfect and god knew that jesus knew that before he died on the cross for us so just know that if that's you or if that was you in past seasons and you think about it and you're like oh my gosh i never want to do that again and then you find yourself repeating the same cycle just know that god forgives you okay he doesn't hold grudges against you as soon as he forgives you he forgets about it like it's out of his book he's blotted it out he forgives you. You know, you don't have to hold on to that guilt thinking that God's holding on to you and writing all these things down in his book of judgment saying, oh, I remember five seasons ago when you were having a dry season. You were you were being real mean. Um, you were blaming me for all your problems. You were saying this and that and the other. No. As soon as he forgives you, as soon as you ask for forgiveness, as soon as you repent, he lets go of it and he forgives you. You know, you don't have to you don't have to hold on to that thinking that you know you're always going to be in that season and and that he's never going to forgive you and that you're always going to you know like just just let go of it as soon as as soon as you've given it up to god it is weight water off your back weight off your shoulders but anyways as i was saying today we're talking about faith in the dry season so sometimes it can be hard faith isn't an easy thing faith can be daunting you know, I mean, believing in what you can't see, that can be pretty difficult. So, you know, give yourself a pat on the back because in reality, you're making a conscious decision each and every day to step out into the unknown and trusting that God is going to lead your life. It is so easy to just take control, take matters into your own hands, not believe in God, not believe in any of this um, Christian godly stuff that, you know, there is a God and that he protects us and that there's heaven and there's hell. It is so easy to live your life not believing in God because the whole world does it. You could just step out right now and live a worldly life and everybody will support you in it and it'll be easy and, well, it won't be easy, but it's easier to live a worldly life than it is to live a godly life. And Jesus said that, you know, following Jesus isn't for the weak. It's not for the weak. I mean, he he said, let the dead bury their own or something like that. He said, let the dead rest. I don't know. He said, let the dead rest or let the dead bury their own dead, you know. Basically saying, like, you can't be looking back. Like, you got to stay looking forward, you know. I'm actually going to find that verse um, so I can actually quote it right and not misquote scripture because I don't want to be held down for that in the book of judgment. Just kidding. But it's easier to do what everyone else is doing to follow the flow than it is to go against it. Have you ever been swimming or done a water activity where you're going in the current and you're like, oh, this is so easy, right? Like um, it's like a breeze and then you have to go back. You have to go against the current and all of a sudden you're working double time. You got your jacket up to your elbows, your life, your life jacket's like holding you down. You feel like the sun's beating down your back. You're 
throat is all dry like you feel like you have absolutely no moisture in your mouth like you are just working overtime you you're not enjoying it anymore you're like this is not fun why did i get out here this is taking forever yeah that's going against the current that's what a lot of christians go through they go through that because at first it's all easy like yeah i'm gonna do this christian life this is cool god is blessing me he's good to me bam hard season now you're going against the current going double time you're having you're having to work harder you're having to actually put in the work because let's be honest christianity is easy until you put the work in yeah you can say okay i won't lie you know, or okay, I'll go to church, I'll read my Bible, I'll pray. Because it's easy to do the motions. But once you really have to put in the work to reap the benefits, that's where it gets hard. When you're being intentional, when you're being true, when you're measuring how much you've put in versus what you're getting out of it, that's where it gets hard because you have to be real with yourself. Like, am I truly putting in the work every single day to see the results that I want to see? Or am I just putting going through the motions during during when it's easy and then when it's hard I'm dealing with all the consequences of not actually trying when I had the time when I had the space when I was in the season and in the headspace to get ahead and to really dig deeper with God and put on the armor and protect myself and get ready for when it's going to be hard you know am I am I seeing the fruit from that am I putting in the real work and so, you know, it can be hard. It can be hard. It, it really can. And we're not, the, we're not the only ones that have struggled with faith. I actually wanted to uh, bring up a scripture really quick. It's going to be Genesis 17, 15 through 21. And then I'll talk about another story. But just before I go into it, I just want to preface it by saying this is a story about Abraham and Sarah when they were trying to have children. Now, you're telling me, if you know anything about this Bible passage or if you've heard it in Sunday school, you know, growing up, we all heard this story. Abraham is well into his 90s. So is Sarah. They're like 90 and 100 and God is like, be fruitful and multiply. And they're like, what are you talking about? Be fruitful. We are well past the age. She said, I have been through menopause. That is well beyond my years. Like what, why, what, what fruit? Like there is no fruit to be multiplying here now. And God is like, no, 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 you're going to have a son. They're like, I no. like you're, you're, you're funny. You're funny. You're trying to test us. You're trying to test us. But I really like this story because it's showing how Abraham even Abraham doubted God. Like we see these high mighty characters in the Bible doing all these wild things in the name of the Lord and working through all these miracles and seeing these miracles and living these miracles in these biblical times and we're like wow, like I could never. But if you think about it, they were just as human as us. Like there was nothing special about them other than their faith. But even in, even then they lacked their faith sometimes. So let me just read this to you really quick. It says, God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you will, are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. King, uh, kings of peoples will come from her. 
Abraham fell face down. He laughed to himself and said, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, oh, by the way, just a little bit of context. Ishmael is his other son that he had with Sarah's concubine, otherwise known as a uh, servant or like a maid. So he had another son with her uh, because they thought they weren't going to be able to have children. So in order to be able to have children, he had a child with her concubine to try to carry on the family name as having sons was very important in that time because obviously they were going to be the ones to carry on the family legacy moving on then god said yes but your wife sarah will bear you a son and you will call him isaac i will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him and as for ismael i have heard you i will surely bless him i will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers he will be the father of 12 rulers and i will make him into a great nation but my covenant i will establish with isaac whom sarah will bear to you by this time next year isn't that wild like God is telling him, yeah, you're 100. Yeah, your wife is 90. But you guys are going to have a child next year. I mean, think about it. If God came to you and your spouse, your significant other, y'all are well in your 90s. You have seen you are a ripe fruit already off the tree, wrinkled, crinkled, little grape, little raisin now. Right. Just a little dried up raisin ready to see the end of your days and go up to heaven and god comes down and he's like yeah you guys are gonna have a child like what nine months of pregnancy and then 18 years of raising them like can you imagine and especially in their time like think about think about what people would have thought of them at that time because anything unusual at that time and they questioned everything about you i mean you had you you were with the you laid up with the prostitute and they were, they would stone you to death they would stone you and the prostitute to death so can you imagine what people would think of them at that time their family would be shamed their you know their child would be shamed everybody would look down on them because obviously they're going to think that something's up there so at the time this was a much more daunting daunting miracle a more a much more daunting truth and harder to believe than I feel like it would be now. Because now people would be like, oh, yeah, like they adopted them or whatever, right? But back then it was like, oh, no, like they probably was with a prostitute. It's a prostitute's baby. They're hiding them in the house, right? So think about Abraham. Where do you think his faith was at that time? Because truthfully, that was a dry season for them. I mean, he... he had to get permission from his wife to bear a child with another woman just so that they could have the opportunity to take care of a baby i mean can you imagine what his wife felt like thinking that she couldn't fulfill this duty of having a child and being a mother and you know giving her husband a child like i can't imagine what she was going through so in her in her perspective because we don't really get it from her perspective we get it from abraham's perspective but in her perspective, I feel like she's kind of like, you know, feeling bad because she's like this younger lady. She was able to have a child for my husband, but I was not able to. I have failed. So for her, her faith is in the, in the dumps. Her faith is in the dumps. 
and I would be too. I mean, have you ever been in a place in your life where just everything seems like it's going wrong and you're like this, like I've been trying and you feel like you're struggling and you feel like you're burning out and like everything that you're giving, you're just exerting the very last of your power and you just feel hopeless. You feel weak. You feel tired. No matter what you do, you're just deeply spiritually exhausted. That's a good one. Spiritually exhausted. Beyond what your physical body can comprehend, your mind, your emotions, your spirit are all at their limits, all exhausted. Everything that you have you could have tried is just done. You feel like you've you're at your wits end. Right? And things just are not in your favor and you're like, "Wow, like this is so hard." Would you be jumping around praising God at that time? Realistically, no. A lot of us wouldn't because it's hard. You know, it's it's not easy. It's not something that we just are are built, are um, taught to do in hard seasons. Like in hard seasons, you're gonna you're gonna feel more negative emotions. You're not going to feel joy. You're not gonna feel hope. You're not gonna feel peace. You're gonna feel tired, weak, scared, worried, stressful, anxiety. Now rewind really quick what I just said I said you're not going to feel right I'm talking about your emotions here now we know that the Bible tells us a lot about emotions I'm going to pull up a verse here really quick that I want to share with you guys because I think it's really important that we stay on this topic about emotions so in Jeremiah 17 9 It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Now, when you hear that, you're like, desperately sick? Like, what are you talking about? But it's because our emotions lead us astray. Because you and I both know that God works in some wild ways. I mean, sometimes he'll do things and although we feel like he's not with us we feel like there's no change in our situation at the end of it it always turns out for our good it always 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 turns out for our good and even though in the moment we feel things we we feel certain emotions we feel whether it's negative emotions we feel upset we we blame god all this stuff we're using our feelings to dictate god's position in our life and that's that's the wrong way to go about it because if you're basing your faith on emotions that's not faith at all because faith is hope in the things that are not seen right so how can we separate our emotions from our faith well that's funny because recently I was going through a situation in which I was praying constantly every single day because my emotions conflicted with what God told me, what God said in his word. What his word said was conflicting with my emotions. Therefore, I was conflicted about what God was trying to tell me. And of course, God being the good, just God that he is, wanting me to learn from this situation, he did not reply to my prayers. I mean, I prayed daily, constantly for 
hours and I journaled about it and I just spent constant time in prayer and in meditation about this situation because I was so torn up about it because I all I wanted to do was make sure that I was aligned with his will and I wanted nothing more I wanted nothing less and I was just so I was so upset because all I wanted to do was make sure that I was in his will and he wasn't replying to my or not replying but he wasn't answering my my prayers I mean you could imagine I'm spending all this time praying in his word you know I feel so conflicted this is bothering me every day and he's just like silent just that's all I heard I'd pray and pray and pray and oh God why like I don't understand just please like please help me understand please help me um give me an answer and just that was it that was all I heard silence and it wasn't until today that I was journaling before I read my devotional and I kind of had this epiphany about the situation and it's funny because it was only then that I finally realized that that was what God wanted me to hear all along it was he didn't he wasn't even worried about the situation so much to speak. He was worried about what I was going to learn from the situation. Sometimes God uses negative situations in our lives, negative outcomes, negative, you know, unforeseen circumstances. And he uses them to teach us lessons. And I was praying about this once I had finally realized what God's true, what God's true intentions were with not answering my prayers. It wasn't because he doesn't care about me. It wasn't because he doesn't love me. It wasn't because he isn't a good God. It was because he was teaching me something. He was he was trying to allow me to work out the situation on my own because I knew what his word said. I knew that I was feeling conflicted. I knew that my emotions were fleeting, that my emotions are deceitful, that the heart lies and and that they change like the wind. Emotions change like the wind. I mean, be honest, you could be like on the peak of Mount Baldy one minute and then you could be down in the slumps the next. And what God was trying to teach me was I can't rely on my emotions. And ultimately... I discovered that I wasn't giving that area of my life to God. I was refusing to give up control. And so that resulted in, in conflicting in conflicting emotions because I was so busy in my corner holding on to this thing so tightly because I was like, only I know what's best for me in this area that I couldn't see what God was trying to show me. And it only was until he was completely silent and he did not answer a single prayer that I had to go and discover it on my own by journaling, by reading, by spending time with him to finally get the answer that I was looking for. And so you can only you can only look behind you and understand the journey that you've gone that you've gone through once you've lived it. You cannot look behind you if you haven't finished yet. 
there is nothing to look back at if there's nothing that's been finished. And I know that kind of sounds a little bit confusing, but what I mean is sometimes we'll be in the middle of a dry season. We'll be in the middle of a lesson that God's trying to teach us. And we're so conflicted by what we feel, by what we see, by what we hear, that we don't realize what God's ultimately trying to do. And God is so infinitely good and powerful that he's sitting above us. He has a higher perspective than we do. He is sitting in a higher position than we are. So he's seeing all of this play out almost like on a timeline, let's say. Kind of like on Netflix when you can scroll the button, you can see everything from start to finish because you already know what's going to happen. Like you have it all before you. It is done. It's already been done because for God, everything that's been that's happened is happened. He he doesn't know time. But for us, we're living it in real life. So it's almost like as if we're inside of a Netflix episode. We don't know what's going to happen next because we don't have that control. So we're going to continue to freak out and panic and be stressed and feel all these emotions because we're in the middle of it. It isn't until we get to the end that we can look back and see everything that we went through and see it as a bigger picture, finally in what it was intended to be and what it was intended to look like. That's why it's so hard for us sometimes to have faith in those dry seasons because we're going based off what we see, based off what we feel. We're going based off of our feelings. And as I just shared with you, our feelings are fleeting. Our feelings are deceitful. We cannot trust our emotions because emotions are they are fleeting. They, they lie to us. They aren't the full truth. I mean, yes, it, we're, our feelings are going to, you know, help us feel joy about things that God does in our life, or it's going to help us mourn something that we've lost. Yes, feelings have purpose. Feelings are good, but we cannot base God off of what we feel because if, if, we base God off what we feel. Our opinion of him is going to change with every circumstance that we face. And we're never going to truly experience a relationship with him because we'll never have faith. So I wanted to share this verse really quick. So while I didn't find the verse that I was originally looking for, I did find a verse that kind of sums up what we've been talking about here, and I feel like it's really good. Proverbs 14, 13 tells us that even in laughter, the heart may ache and rejoicing may end in grief. So if that alone isn't enough to tell you that we can't trust our emotions, I don't know what is. And I'm not saying that emotions are bad because by all means, even Jesus had emotions. There is a verse in the Bible that literally says Jesus wept. And it was when his friend Lazarus died. Jesus wept. So emotions are telltale signs for us about what direction we're going. And sometimes, sometimes they help us navigate what we're dealing with, what what we're feeling about certain circumstances in our lives. But we cannot, and I mean this wholeheartedly, we cannot base our perspective, our trust and our faith in God on our feelings, upon our feelings. We cannot, they cannot coincide. 
they cannot be together because it will just end in destruction so i wanted to share two quick verses here uh because while we've been talking about all the ways that you know emotions affect us and why we have um difficulty having faith in dry seasons i do want to share some ways that are able to strengthen our faith in the dry seasons now that we have acknowledged what it is that affects our faith in dry seasons now that we know what it is that makes us struggle you know whatever it is for you personally like if you know when a dry season is coming on you feel like you're spending less time with god you feel like you're going to church less you're praying less whatever it is that you find yourself struggling with on a on a consistent basis whenever you find yourself in a in a dry season i want you to intentionally work harder work double time to sup um to supplicate the time that you were otherwise spending doing other things maybe watching netflix um hanging out with friends whatever it is i want you to supplicate with that with doing whatever it is that you lack so i know i didn't word that correctly but what i mean by that is when you feel like your circumstances are starting to let you down you kind of feel yourself slipping when you notice those telltale signs before allowing yourself to fall so deep that you have to climb even harder to get out start putting on the armor of god the helmet of salvation the chest piece of righteousness the sword of truth like arm yourself with his word with his presence with with um talking to him with his love i don't know why that was such a struggle for me to get out but just start to prepare start to prepare don't just let yourself go into a battle empty-handed because do you really think that the israelites would ever go into a battle empty-handed like you think they just showed up they were like okay well we trust you god like uh, no of course they trust that god has his hand on them but they always went prepared because you can't just rely on god to do everything for you he cannot do the work for you because that is not an equal relationship so in order to have an equal relationship in order to see a difference in your life in these difficult circumstances and your dry seasons you actually have to be willing to put in the work so if you know that for you when you are in a difficult dry season you find yourself reading the bible less start getting into the habit of reading the bible more if you find yourself praying less and in hard seasons start finding those small in-between times and setting out intentional time with jesus every single day and forming those habits because habits are hard to make but easy to break so if you set those habits ahead of time and you're being intentional, God can give you the strength to push through those dry seasons. But you have to be willing. You can't just expect him to do the work for you. And then when you get to the dry season and you're stuck and you're struggling and you can't just blame God. You can't be pointing fingers over here because you're also responsible for your relationship with God. Because God never leaves us. We leave God. So if you feel like you're far from God, you have to ask yourself brutal questions and be honest with yourself you have to you have to ask yourself like is this me am i the one pushing away from god am i pulling away from him am i reading my bible less whatever it is because i know that for me when i'm in a dry season 
I'm still in church two times a week. I'm still serving. I'm still, you know, doing all the things that I normally do. But for me, when I'm in a dry season, I pray less. I'm not praying like I should. I'm not as intentional with my Bible reading. I'm sloppier with it. So I know that when I go, when I start to feel a dry season creeping up on my life, I'm going to armor myself not only with prayer, not only with reading my Bible, but surrounding myself with his community, with his truth, with his presence, and really solidifying those habits that I have formed and created and not letting go of that routine that I have with Jesus. Right. Because if you if you're struggling with something, whether it be anxiety or depression, you don't just you don't just stop doing everything that you do. Right. You still have things in your life that you do, like obligations. You have obligations for the most part. If it's not super severe and it's just something that is coming on, whether it's like seasonal depression or just social anxiety, like you obviously still go to work because you have bills to pay. You still go to school because, you know, whether you're um, required to go to school or you're paying for those classes, like you're still you have obligations. Sometimes we treat our relationship with God like it's just a side job like a side task we just treat it like it's a to-do list we never well not never I shouldn't say never but for the most part we struggle with treating our relationship with God like it's an obligation we treat our jobs with more respect than we do our job our relationship with God we put in the time more for our jobs than we do with our relationship with God and then we wonder why we struggle in our dry seasons and again I say this every single episode not only am i speaking this to you guys but i'm speaking this to myself i am ministering to myself here as i talk this out because these are things that i am either actively or have just finished living and that is where i get the inspiration to make these episodes so now i'm going to share those encouraging verses with you because not every verse in the bible is telling us that you know how imperfect we are because obviously the bible is very versatile and it is to not only discipline us but to teach us as well as encourage us so philippians 4 6 through 7 do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known be made known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in christ jesus now i know this verse is a fan favorite in church it is a fan favorite for you know quotes and christian quotes and instagram bios and stuff but i need you to really really live out this verse i mean truthfully get down on your knees repeat this verse to yourself as many times as you need to until you believe it because it is not just a poster verse this is real life these are verses that are meant and designed to encourage us and be our armor and our defense mechanism in battle and spiritual warfare these aren't just words that we found in a book and we were like oh those would make a good those would make a good motivational quote like that's not no the next verse hebrews 11 1 it says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen so again as i was saying earlier you know faith isn't just what we see obviously that is the complete opposite of what faith is and therefore it is the complete opposite of what emotions are faith and emotions don't go together because 
I've already said this multiple times. If we mix our faith with our emotions, then our faith is going to be lacking spiritual wisdom and our relationship with God is going to be lacking any substance. And we're going to base him on our circumstances. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I was really pumped about making this episode because I literally had this epiphany today, yesterday and today. So this episode was really encouraging for me to make, not only for myself, but I feel like there's a lot of us going through the same thing right now just you know different circumstances and i feel like now more than ever this is very important to talk about and to share and to speak with others whether you're christian or not i think it's really important to talk about those dry seasons because even non-christian people have dry seasons they just may may might call it something different But I hope you were encouraged and blessed by today's episode. If you were, please leave a review. And, you know, it helps a lot. So, um, yeah, I don't have anything else to share with you guys. I'll see you guys next week. I hope you have a blessed rest of your week. Bye.